0: Find a location
1: near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. It's the power sweep. Actually,
1: it's
0: the, it's the lead play on in our, in our offense. tackle. The defensive end if he's over. the drive down the first man
3: inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside, young man.
0: No one goes. go right by them and feel this side. Right. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside. If the YN has
4: the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play where we're trying to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.
3: What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to email the show, you can reach us at PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text the show at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. Tim, how you doing, buddy?
0: Man, feeling great. I like the new background there, Clayton. Little, I like that, man. little Lambeau snow globe there. I like Thank that. You. Definitely, dude.
3: Definitely. Got to get in the spirit here. Remember, stepping in the holiday season, you'll notice there'll be Christmas decorations up in the next day or two behind me. We, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about how many trees we've got. She keeps ordering more. I want to <laughs> say it's like, I don't want to over-exaggerate. I know there's at least 10. I want to say we peaked at 12 last year, so Holy it's God. insanity around here, dude. I just hide. I hide up here in the man cave and just try not to be involved, but <laughs> I got to admit, man, I walk downstairs to get a cup of coffee, Tim. It's it's nice, put you in the
0: spirit, you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> love the, I love the holiday season, man. Absolutely. All
3: right. So let's give a quick shout out to everybody in the chat. We got Omer in here with his new profile pick. We, we
0: may talk about Is that. that. Uh, um, sad, got- <laughs> cry Baby Matt. <laughs>
3: we got the crying LaFleur. You guys heard of crying Jordan. Now we got crying LaFleur, man. I'll tell you what, Omer, you you're gonna get this show banned, bro. <laughs> um, we got a uh, Boz in the chat, we got Josh Martin, we got Doug, Zane Strong, United Bates, Ian. Chris N, Dead Fish, Mark. Uh, I always screw it up. I'm just gonna say Mark. Good stuff. Uh hand pink waving. All right, here we go. (laughs) I gotta stop reading stuff out loud. You never know what it means. Uh, we got a super chat. Josh Martin, thank you, buddy, for the uh for the super chat. He says every time I see LaFleur about to cry on TV, I'm Michael Scott seeing Toby return from Costa Rica. Such an embarrassment for our franchise and fans. (laughs) Um, I I gotta be real. Um I want a coach to care. I wanna I want to be able to tell that it means something to the coach, but I just have a hard time finding those uh those great coaches in the history of the game that are so that emotional. You know what I mean, Tim? Mm-hmm. Lombardi was emotional, but he was just freaking fire on fire all the time. You know, I couldn't ever imagine him getting up there and tearing up. You know what I'm saying? Not that he didn't, but uh anyway, yeah, it's uh it's kind of a tough look. But if we were winning, let's all be honest. It wouldn't matter that much.
5: That's right.
3: <laughs> That's just the way it is. Winning cures everything, right? So, uh, Josh Martin, thank you so much for the super chat. But we appreciate. It. I love that everybody's an office fan in here too because it's gold. We've been watching the uh, we were watching the super fan episodes, Tim. They are great, bro. Like, there's one scene I had never seen before where Creed walks into. Uh, I think it was the the watermark episode. I don't know if you remember that quality, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Um quality assurance, or I can't remember the actual name. But the guy from the news, uh the newspapers in the break room and Creed walks in, he goes, You're Creed Bratton from and he names off whatever band it was. And he went, Oh, great. How do you know me? And he said, I wrote your obituary. (laughs) (laughs) He went, Oh, great job. And he shook his hand (laughs) and then it shows Creed in the interview room and he says, Uh about ten years ago, I faked my death. Uh, or he said, he said, yeah. A little while back, I faked my death. Uh, I've been drawing. What do you say? Uh, drawing uh, benefits as my widow for about ten years. <laughs> it's just gold, dude. Um, I love Creed. Creed's probably my favorite character. So you gotta
5: love it. Yeah,
3: absolutely. All right, man. Let's uh let's see anything else here in the chat. Um, here we go. Omar in the chat says T.J. Slayton impressed and balled out last week, and Rudy Ford continues to shine. Yeah, let's hope Rudy Ford is healthy. Um, we're gonna hit the injury report here in a little bit. I think it's important to kind of touch on that. But yeah, T.J. Slayton. I don't know if you remember Tim, but it was back in the preseason. We I think we talked about it because you were there at practice, and one of the things that I noticed people talking about was he was kind of playing with with the nickel right? Like he was that second D tackle. Now, obviously, that that hasn't stuck consistently throughout the regular season for whatever reason. But after the show he put on there Sunday, man, like put that guy in there, make him a three-down lineman. And, and if anything, man, these teams that, that like to force you into nickel defense with their 11 personnel and then run the ball, you've got that guy in the middle that can do it, right? I could never imagine, not that they would, and please, I'm not trying to compare T.J. Slayton to any of the all-time greats. But if he is the better defensive lineman, you've got to treat it with the same mindset as you would like Reggie Watt. Like, you wouldn't take Reggie White off the field just because it's not the ideal situation. You want your best 11 out there. And, again, I'm not saying T.J. Slayton is nowhere near anything like Reggie Watt. Um, I'm just simply saying if you do think he's one of the best 11, put him out there. What do you got to lose, right?
0: I mean, he's certainly someone you can build around in, on that line. And we talk about this team looking, looking ahead already. Um, I'd be looking to add some more pieces there around Big TJ because uh, I think his skill set is going to continue to develop um, as he goes forward in his career. And uh, even as a, you know, the pass rush side of things, you know, he can add that versatility to his game as he grows and develops. He's going to be even more dangerous. But I feel really good about him in the middle there, man. You, uh, you, You talk about, you know, getting over that point of are we just going to put him in in these ideal run stopping kind of situations and it's like i i think as he develops man we might see him have another facet to his game and allow him to play you know multiple techniques like you always talk about um and getting involved in some of these creative post snap movements and stunts and things like that so um i love tj man and uh you know, he was on that short list I had of those guys in that that uh, D line group that were really staying after practice, getting after it, and um, you know, taking their job serious. That's what you want to see. You know, because as we know, man, if you can get it up, get it done up front, man, that takes so much pressure off the rest of your your defense, man. So um, yeah, I'm I'm grateful for T.J. Slayton for sure.
3: He's got the right attitude too, and you could tell that he's just one of those guys that. It, he he's out there laying it all on the line every single play that he's out there, and he gets emotional when they make a big play, right? He's the guy kind of, you know, people feed off of that. You know, people look at Bill Belichick, and you guys know I've studied Bill Belichick. I mean, every aspect of his coaching style. People look at him as he's like this boring, hard, disciplined coach. This and that. There's a an NFL Films video. I think it was actually a part of a Football Life. It's a two part. If you guys haven't watched Bill Belichick of Football Life, go watch it. They follow him in season. And one of the scenes, he points out how teammates aren't celebrating with their teammates. It's like right. this is this is what you work for, right? And it's just like it doesn't matter to anyone is what he was pointing out. So, you know. You I talked about that, that, you uh, know,
0: last night with Emilio a bit about the Super Bowl team and, you know, the team kind of coming together the night before the Super Bowl in the hotel lobby around the piano. And, yeah. you know, guys just knew, like, hey, this – there's no way we're just not going to allow ourselves to lose. It's just not going to happen. Right. You know, when you've got that many guys clicked in and and believing together, and and like you always talk about playing for each other. Obviously, they're they're playing for the check and they're they're playing for you know contracts or roster spots. Some of these guys, but if you got a team that'll go out there and play for each other, down after down, consistently you know, all phases of the game, that's, that's where you want to be. And I think, you know, the Packers can certainly get there. Um, and you know, we've said it before it gets worse before it gets better. So maybe that's just where we're at now. And this is all part of it. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see who the next firebrand leader to emerge in this locker room is going to be because you can't fill Rasul's shoes, but you can step up and, and try and, you know, be, be a more vocal leader. And, uh, you know, my money's on a guy like Rashawn, possibly. Mm-hmm. Maybe just getting a little more vocal, you know, continuing to lead by example. But now you got to step up and be that that vocal, put your arm around a guy-type leader like Rasul was, and, you know, we'll go from there. But um, I, I love to see a team start playing for each other, man. And, yeah. you know, I think we can get there. I really do.
3: Yeah, there was a pitcher from practice today, and it was Rashawn Gary had his arm around Preston Smith, and it was like the, the whole edge room were kind of locked arms at practice. You know, when something like that happens, if you trade a player like Rasul, one thing it does do, you, you you know, there's a cause and effect to everything, right? And we're going to hear from Mike Wall for, uh, from Andy Herman's pod earlier today, uh, or it might've been yesterday, where Mike Wall gives his take on the Rasul trade. But it can fracture the locker room, not dividing the players, but giving the players a sense of, okay, they don't give a crap about us, then why should we care about what their goals are, right? But it can also, like, with the Patriots back in the day, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Lawyer Law, Lawyer M- Malloy, I think is how you say his name, he was a guy that was a team captain, team leader, right? And Bill Belichick traded him, it was like either the first couple weeks of the season or during training camp, to the Buffalo Bills. And it made everybody mad in the locker room. I mean, they were ready to revolt. And Bill stood up in front of the team and said – You know, I wouldn't have made this move if I didn't think it was in the best interest of the club and make our team better this year. And that's a little bit different story from what the approach that Goot took, which, again, I'm glad that some media members are kind of holding them accountable and and asking the tough questions, asking the important questions. I know it ticks some people off, but um, I think they're valid questions. But with that being said, maybe that's how this group responds. They're going, okay, look, they don't believe in us. They're ready to just chalk the season up let's prove them wrong type thing, right? Um, I'm not sitting here trying to suggest that Goody is a master reverse psychology, you know, GM, but just kind of trying to look at it from all different angles for sure. Um, let's see here. Uh, a fam in the in the chat from Kansas City, appreciate you dropping through, buddy. He said, oh, poopy, jumping right into the fleet-footed grave digger. That's right, man. Love, love the grave digger 2.0. Robert Allen in chat said, at some point when healthy – I would just like to see Aaron Jones get twenty carries, just to see what
1: it looks like. Man, I remember that. Remember that, like
3: five yeah. years ago. Yeah, I think it happened what one game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, it's tough, man.
3: That I can't defend that. I can't, you know. And and I know immediately people say, "Well, he's hurt. That's why." BS, bro. He, you're gonna get him a certain number of of carries. What it tells me, the fact that you didn't get him any carries on the opening drive. You limited his carries throughout the whole first half. I don't care what Adam Sinovich says about, you know, we, we looked up when we were down 24-3. to 3, It was 10-3 to 3 at halftime. You had plenty of opportunities. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling so bad in the first quarter and, and the first half altogether, why not get those touches out of the way and get a spark going and maybe yeah. try to play with the lead for once this year? I don't know. Or well, just... we'll
0: make that defense have to really account for Jonesy and, and start maybe adding help. Um, you know, almost like I'd be okay with a team saying, hey – you know what? <laughs> they're they're basically force feeding Aaron Jones. Like I don't care if the the other team knows it. Like let's let's do it. Let's for yeah. like um, you know not force him the ball, but what I'm saying, make a conscious effort to just go to him. And yeah. you know yeah, let him have to go grab some oxygen on the sideline <laughs> because we're we're you know giving him a little bit of extra running uh, responsibilities. But um, I'd love to see him get it going too because then you're right, you can always kind of downshift a little and start peppering in your, your AJ Dillon and, you know, whoever the, the third running back this week is going to be. So, I mean.
3: <laughs> right. Who knows? Right. Yeah. But uh, if you guys hear a little bit of noise in the background, it's because I got my, my pups up here with me tonight. Mandy's out of town. Y'all don't want to know where she's at. You're going to, you're going to hate her forever, but. She's get, not at the uh, Christmas tree farm, is she? <laughs> no, I would hate her forever. She's back at the Christmas tree farm. She, uh, we actually surprised my nephew, um, with minnesota Vikings tickets so she's taking him to watch the Vikings falcons play so oh okay i was gonna go too but i stayed here to keep the pod rolling you know what i mean um in this glorious time that is the packers season <laughs> but hey, if we can get through this season we can get through in any season so um right. let's see omar in the chat said looking forward to seeing how valentine makes out with his opportunity and want to see anthony johnson jr the seventh rounder get some reps it sounds like there's a good chance for that you know um they bring it up to uh, Matt LaFleur earlier at the presser, you know, just talking about the limited amount of snaps that uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. has. Right. And, um, you know, that's the other thing too, Tim, we can't rule this out. I think it's, it's highly unlikely, but we can't rule out these guys stepping up, you know, and that's the thing if Carrington Valentine, but you guys know I'm a Kentucky fan. I want that guy to pan out more than anybody. I'm a Packer. If I want everybody to pan out, um, I don't I don't see him playing better than Rasul Douglas. I don't even see Jair playing better than Rasul right now, whether it's the back injury or whatever's going on in his head where he's underperforming. But if if Carrington Valentine comes out and balls out and plays almost at the same level that Rasul Douglas did, I'll be the first to say, hey, I was wrong. This move was okay. You know? Hey, it's all about putting the best product on the field, right? Now, can I can I completely agree with it? No, I can't. Like when you talk about the locker room aspect and you know, you've got a guy who took a leadership role. you got a guy who's obviously staying healthy, right? We always say you can't make the club in the tub, man. you earning your teammates' respect. The fact that Rasul was out there week in and week out, right? Um, that stuff matters. And then when you just trade them away, what it tells the players, too, is like, dang, okay, so they ain't going to reward us. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that's what he gets for and being like,
0: – touched on in yeah. Chalk talk, talk the other day, too, like the – the sheer amount of what he's doing on the field, even in what was probably not even debatably his worst game this year. We saw play breaking down on the, you know, strong side of the ball, but on the weak side of the ball, you know, Rasul was doing what he was supposed to do. We ended up giving up a tutty because a couple other guys did not. And so now that guy Rasul is now out of the equation, insert rookie, insert whoever you're going to put there, that's what I look at, you know, because I don't feel like sometimes you look, I don't know if everyone out there has got a full grasp of this quarter's D all the time yet. And uh, Rasul certainly was probably the dude that, that had the best grasp, I think um, of our defense. So that's a crucial piece missing. So stepping up means a lot more than just going out there and not getting roasted and, you know, making some plays, you, you've you got to really, you know, immerse yourself in this scheme and understand where you need to be and then where everyone else needs to be also. So it'll be a fun ride, man. You know, hopefully they can uh, get on the right track. But uh, big shoes to fill there.
3: Yeah, definitely. And Robert Allen in the chat said uh, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup will be a legitimate test. They are both great route runners, so we will see. Yeah, and they're a little banged up, um, not them specifically, although I think Nakua did, did fight a, a few injuries this week or last week maybe. But uh, Matt Stafford could possibly not go. I know uh, everybody's laughing that LaFleur said we're preparing for him to go as if there's any other answer other than you better prepare for the best quarterback on the roster. Why would
0: anyone laugh at that? Like, of course you you prepare for that guy. Yeah.
3: Well, speaking of Chippy, um, let's do this. Let's hear what Mike Wall had to say, guys. This was off of uh, Andy Herman's Pack-A-Day podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. Make sure you hop over there, give it a click, give it a like, give it a follow, all that good stuff. Uh, but he had Mike Wall on, and I'm just going to play a small clip here and basically ask Mike Wall's take on the trade. Now, you guys know where we stand. You know, you can't sit here and just pretend like you're playing Madden. And I know there's some tough guys out there that go, "Oh well, Goody's a robot. You know, he doesn't care. And he removes the emotion and blah blah blah." I had another audio I'd like to play where essentially Mark Tauscher on Wilde and Tausch said the same thing. And he even went as far as saying, um, you know, this isn't the Wolf era. Things have changed, right? Things have changed now. And you've got to be very aware of the locker room and the effects it has on it. But let's see what Mike Wall had to say. And, again, guys, make sure you go show Andy Herman some love. Uh, Absolutely love that podcast, that YouTube channel. But here goes Mike Wall.
1: Interesting. And you never know what the impetus for, for considering the trade is. Um, but when it was, I just, I took a weird feeling from when Goody said, yeah, we got up to like a top hundred pick for Rasul. It's like, well, okay. You know, yet we save 9 million in cap space next year. Oh, okay. Like that's not a lot of money for a starting corner in the national football league. who's, Who's a locker room leader. Um, I think my big takeaway is this, it sends a message to the locker room because You've just gotten rid of your leader. Here's when when Zaire Alexander and Keyshawn Nixon are, you know, openly lamenting the fact that you just took away their leader. Yes. I think it's a big deal. I think when Zaire Alexander says, I, I I don't want to misquote him, but something to the effect of, "They just got rid of the glue for our for our secondary in the locker room." That is like an ominous, telltale, not good thing to project because what I could interpret that is have been in locker rooms before we didn't like what was going on before and he was keeping it together for us and now you just got rid of him um the last couple games he's clearly been frustrated by lack of communication or or, or bad communication on the field he got caught twice because of it uh two touchdowns in particular um he's certainly angry af- after the the game and talking about that not only that those specific instances but just what's going on so then yep. when a guy gets sent away after you see kind of those instances, it is a head scratcher. Um, You wonder if it's part of the deal. I know they said it wasn't, uh, but for me, I don't think, I just don't, we've talked about this and this is probably the, the, the real problem. I don't believe that this is a great draft and develop program right now. I don't think it has been for a number of years. I I don't have a look at all like the third round draft picks. I'm guessing that's about what a hundred top hundred means like a draft pick for third round. I don't know what they all look like in the last couple of years, but I I don't, since I don't, I'm guessing I really don't want to take a flyer on any of them right now. And to lose a guy who is that valuable seems, you know, Andy, without getting too far into this conversation, it really is interesting to me about like, there's the perspective of time at different positions, right? A general manager is working week to week if you're not good, but he also has to look down the road 10 years. Like he's assuming his job is going to be there for 10 years. The the job of a coach right now who's two and five and and looking down the barrel of having a a really bad season for the second year in a row is looking at this maybe a little bit differently. Maybe his timeline's more, more week to week because he needs to win some games. Otherwise he might get fired. Yeah. And then the player's looking at it like, you're taking away people that are helping me make more money, win more games, do my job better. And I'm always looking at this thing day to day, week to week, because that's how a player operates literally from week to week to week, unless you're talking about an injury. So the three perspectives of time here are so vastly different. And when you get, a, a get rid of a key piece, it's sending messages at different levels. I know it's part of the business, but it certainly sends messages to all those different levels of, uh, within the organization. A lot of
3: different things. I'm so that was, like I said, former NFL offensive lineman, former Green Bay Packer, Mike Wall, his take on it. Wow. Tim, all I could think of is, as I was listening to it earlier, was it's exactly what we were talking about, and we're just a couple knucklehead fans, right? Like, and and listen, guys, I, I understand there's going to be people that say, well, these former players, everybody acts like that their 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 opinions the only thing that matters, and this and that. I'm going to tell you what you're going to get on this show. If someone has spent 10 minutes in the National Football League, their opinion is going to be more valuable than mine, and I'm going to be the first person to say that. Okay, When Mike Wall takes time to share 11 years of experience as an NFL offensive lineman, and now he's coaching other players, teaching other players, training other players through process to perform, and he gives his take on something, I'll be damned if I'm going to let my ego get in the way to where I go, it don't matter. That's not to tell the wind all. That's silly. That is yeah. that is that is ego at its worst form. So when Mike Wall speaks, we're going to listen. But, Tim, what, uh, what did you think about his take, man? Anything stick out to you there specifically? And I've got a few notes I can hit on, too.
0: I think just on the flip side of what you just said, too, is, you know, yeah, we're going to remain humble. But I'd be lying if I would say that it doesn't make me feel good to make a comment or see something some way and then hear Mike Wall basically – reinforce that point from his, from his point of view and his perspective. So there's nothing wrong with feeling like you're seeing the game a little better or seeing it differently when, you know, a 10 plus year NFL veteran is seeing what you're seeing. Um, I think his comments, the thing that stuck out to me the most Clayton, not a great draft and develop program right now is what he just said. Now, hold on a minute. (laughs) <laughs> that's what we do, right? So Isn't that people, what we are known for? That's that what Mike the,
3: McCarthy did,
0: right? And that—I mean—we've been doing this for you know some decades here, you know, and it's like that's that's our bread and butter. That's what we're known for. So I, I really respect Mike for for saying what I think a lot of us have been silently thinking maybe the past year or two, especially. Is uh, you know, are we we're drafting questionably, and you know, like I said, sometimes you sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. We can we can dissect our GM's draft strategy all we want, but what are we doing with the players that we have? You know, because as I've always said, you know, we talk about talent. Everybody has talent. There's varying degrees and varying levels, but everyone has talent at the the NFL level. It's how do you develop and cultivate that talent, and there are programs and, and teams out there that are better than others at it. And it's evident out there on the field so i think that that really hit me that was like a gut punch because you know if if we're starting to get lax in our development and we're not you know i'm with you clayton hey guys shouldn't have to be shown how to tackle at the nfl level however you do need to stay on top of fundamentals and if you don't use it you can lose it and if you get lazy on your technique and you're not getting your hands where they need to be and your feet underneath you properly basic things you need a coach that's gonna harp on that especially with young guys transitioning from college speed action to the uh the nfl level so Mm -hmm. i just i I hope this is not starting to wheels fall off scenario with our development but if it is we may need to rethink our strategy going forward it may be time to just load up and and run after one here kind of like uh the rams did a couple of years ago
3: that's the part that sucks is because there's, there's some fans that say, we tried that, it didn't work. You did not try that. In the hobby,
2: it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered.
3: Yes, yes, you stretched the cap, absolutely. But you you were still – the only thing, in my opinion, worse than playing cash over cap is one foot in, one foot out. If you're going to play the cash over cap game, you got to go all in with nothing but this year in mind. And I believe that's what Aaron Rodgers was kind of leaning towards and wanting to see. Um, but uh, Joe Rx here with the Super Chat, and I'm going to talk about my notes off of what Mike Wall said there. Um, Joe uh, Rx, thank you for the Super Chat. He says, if Aaron Rodgers – was there RD stays face no printer? Tim, do you know what this means?
0: I'm assuming RD is Rasul Douglas got um, it. okay, perfect,
3: perfect, good, yeah.
0: good stuff. Um, okay. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know. I think what,
3: what he's saying, right. saying is if, if Rodgers was there, Rasul Douglas stays right, so Basically,
1: he, yeah, yeah,
3: he, he would not be leaving. I 100% agree. There was, I'm, I'm telling you, if you guys will, I challenge you to go back and watch the Aaron Rodgers press conferences from uh um you know 2021 when he came back and he was just scorched earth at that presser everything he said in that presser has come true including his his own departure <laughs> like it sucks to look back on and and listen if this is the route they're taking you know they they being the packers and and you know mark murphy brian gudakins all of them then you know i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like i know more than them but my line, my go-to line would be it better work. Yeah. And guys, it ain't working right now. And again, this is where people like to get wishy-washy and they try to go, oh, well, this was a rebuilding year. You weren't seeing that coming into this mm-hmm. year. Now all of a sudden it's, well, guys, you know, it is what it is. It's a rebuild. Like you ran off a four-time MVP. You you ran out Devontae Adams. and people still don't believe it. They refuse to believe that they low Tay that year. And that's when he said, nope, cutting off negotiations. Don't care about the franchise tag. I will not play here ever again.
0: Yep. Um, and it's sad know. because we talk about draft and develop. There's a guy that we we drafted and Both developed. Of
3: Both of them. You invested yep. all that into. Yep. And, you know, what it comes down to, and Joe Rx, thank you so much for the super chat. What it really comes down to is Goody thought they could win without Rogers. So they got cute. They drafted a quarterback, right? And – He's not as good as Rodgers, even the fourth year in. Now, if you're one of those that say, hey, we got to give him a full year, I'm one of those guys too. I completely agree. It's going to take a full year. But to sit here and pretend and treat him with kids' gloves as if he's a rookie is just silly. Did you guys watch Will Levis last night play? Did anybody watch Will Levis? we got a million in here now. but a
0: little
3: bit. Yeah, so, yeah. Will Levis, if you watch that game, I guarantee you, if you sit down and watch every Will Levis throw, you'll go, He's better than Love right now. Now, some people say, oh, he's got better targets and this and that. Okay, that might be a valid argument. But the accuracy, and and immediately had somebody in the chat share the PFF grade, which was in the 50s. And I'm going, that's why you've got to watch the game. Because if you watch the game, being down in the fourth, you've seen them start to press, right? And the only reason the PFF grade was so low was because he threw more incompletions in the in the fourth quarter there and he threw an interception which was pretty much the last play of the game. Here's our shot. It's almost like a Hail Mary at halftime, right?
5: Been there before.
3: Yeah, exactly. So that that last interception, I don't look at that like, okay, now a little bit different with love in my opinion, because with love, he's doing it on a third and 10 when you've got two downs to play with. It's like that's not good football IQ. You know Doing that on a third and ten, right, or, or you know, getting to a fourth and long and then deciding to scramble rather than turning it into two downs. You're trying to get it in one. You're doing exactly what the defense is wanting you to do, that type of thing. But the, my point with Levis, exactly the reason I was high on him in the draft and I got made fun of for it because I'm just a Kentucky homer. There's a little bit of truth in that, too. I got to be honest. Quick release. I mean, extremely quick release. Better accuracy than than most average quarterbacks, right? a freaking cannon of an arm and a guy who's got the physical stature the build to stand in the pocket, take a beating and deliver the pass with that quick release. I challenge you guys go watch it. And specifically in the second quarter, watch his play in the second quarter and you'll see the corner throw. I think he hit three corner routes on uh, one drive or maybe on back to back drives. And it was just pinpoint accuracy. I was going, I would kill for that. And I tweeted I tweeted something out, which was funny because I'm sitting there with Mandy. I went, look at Will Levis hammering these corner routes. And her response was, well, yeah, he's got a, he's got a damn receiver that catches the ball. I was like, <laughs> dude, it, Twitter has carried over into my house. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> but I put a tweet up about that. But, Amelia, you just hopped in here. We listened to Mike Wall. Did you get to hear any of Mike Wall or no? Yeah, that- I
5: heard some of that there. Um, so,
3: any takeaways there?
5: Like everything, Mike Wall was saying, it, it's a it's a personal thing. Like, there's no getting around that. I mean, it's not just numer it's not just numerals and you know pictures of players. It's not Madden. We can't just sim the franchise till preseason next year, so that or off season, so that we can use all our picks we just got from trading away the whole team. Um, so, you know, it's uh, um, it is tough. But uh, I mean, like you were saying, Mike Wall's been there. So how can we not? feel what he feels like he tells the coach hey that play is not going to work they still run it anyway it still messes up in the long run why don't we take a couple of notes from some players you know
3: yeah absolutely Robert Allen in the chat said Mike commented on the Matt LaFleur pad level comment is coach speak and footwork is the reason for bad pad level explained it in detail Mike is so good at that stuff and again I feel sorry for the people that are just It doesn't fit their narrative, so they just shrug off actually taking the time to watch him because man, he's he will teach you so much in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, however long his video is. Some of his shorts are just absolutely gold. Like if you just catch a two-minute clip, it's like, oh yeah. I mean,
5: think about it though. Like you call a plumber because the toilet's leaking, you know, you call an electrician because you got to get the whole house rewired. They've been doing it for 10 or 15 years. It's not like you have the experience to go do that. We don't have that experience to go out there and that he's played t- he's played a decade in the nfl yep. how, how is at that a not, high level right and how is that not information how how can you not pull anything out of that that's where i'm at
3: it's it's one word three le- level level uh, letters ego it's all it is ego um robert allen says wall explains the false steps makes you pop up not bending over at the waist to get lower coaching problem it's exactly what it is coaching problem Mm-hmm. That's what I love about, you know, everything that he uh, he does. Uh, Mark in the chat said, yes, we lost the ability to draft and develop in 2020 and 2021. So those two years are a hole on our team. It's exactly what Paul Brittle pointed out last night, Tim. He talked about, I don't know if you got a chance to listen, but um, he talked about how all the misses, I I'm might actually, I'm actually have it in my notes here. I think I do. Yeah. So he said in 2020 and 2021, he said he believes he counted 18 draft picks. Of those 18, there's only eight or nine left, and only four of them are starters. Um, and those starters, by the way, are Jordan Love, one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the league, John Runyon, who I think we would all agree is underperforming in the run blocking game, Josh Myers, don't get me started, and Eric Stokes, who even when he was healthy, underperformed last year. Now, small sample size. Let's see when he gets healthy, if he can turn that around. But yeah. uh these Listen, this isn't to be overly negative or anything like that or create drama. It's identifying the problems. Anytime you approach something like this, you want to identify the problems so you can kind of follow along as they try to fix them, right? Now, when you refuse to acknowledge there's problems, that's that's when you get into some uh, some really tough spots for sure. Josh Martin with the Super Chat. Will Levis doesn't play scared like Love does. Josh, I'm not going to go as far as saying Love plays scared, but I will tell you this, Will Levis, you can tell he stands in that pocket and he is not one bit scared, okay? Um, again, I don't look at Love's tape, and I, I respectfully disagree. I don't look at Love's tape and go, man, he looks terrified out there. I think he's late on his reads, mm-hmm. and I think he's inaccurate with the football. Those are two that's really, good. really that's bad that's – a Decisive.
0: Yes. Indecisive And well. maybe that's
3: what Josh is talking about. And you know yeah. what? It could be fear. I don't feel confident enough in my ability to recognize that to say it is. But Will Levis is just back there like, I'm just as big as these linemen hit me. Quick release, bang, right? And it'll probably get him in trouble. Don't get me wrong. There'll be some strip sacks. Guarantee is. it'll happen. Um, and and it's very, very early. But in the early going, I watched it, and I'm just like, that's the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they pressured him all night. Like, that's pretty impressive. You got to give credit where credit's due there, you know?
5: I feel like Love's timer is just off. Like, his, yeah. his mental timer is – he's – Got way too big of a spectrum on it right now, and he kind of needs to narrow it down, either per game or per defense or per you know per the case, I guess. But we need to work on that. I would say
3: yeah, definitely football IQ. I mean, that's what that comes down to. And I can't remember what his wonderlick score was, but it wasn't through the roof, you know. And not that someone can't overcome that, but it is important, right? It's very important. It's a good a good way to identify a strength or a weakness in that regard but uh let's go to the phones here we got carly ray on the line carly how you doing tonight
4: i'm doing all right how are you guys
3: oh we're doing great we're doing great just hanging out in here trying to trying to see what uh old mike wall had to say about the whole Rasul thing and, and it's funny I, I know i put a link or thought i put a link out last night said hey we're going live phone lines will be open and forgot to put the link in there like a moron so <laughs> we're glad to have you on tonight what's on your mind
4: I didn't actually get to see or what Mike Wall had to say today just because of being busy and stuff. But I have listened to a lot of what he said in the past and everything about the, um, you know, like the, the technique and the footwork and everything really making such a huge difference. And part of what I wonder is and would love to hear from you guys is so Matt LaFleur was a quarterback's coach. He's got um, – you know, this history of the things he's really has specialized in, is it possible that he really does not know that their technique is so bad and the people under him that he trusts to do that stuff and to teach that are not either not giving him that information or just not doing it or that he's something, he just doesn't see that.
3: You know, it's, it's a great question without being in the building, right. And having day-to-day contact with, with the coaching staff and everything, you don't really know, but, I think with – this sucks to have to give an honest evaluation from this perspective, but what has he done, right? Now, we've talked about his, his resume, right? Let's go back to the beginning. He was the quarterback's coach for RG3 who won Rookie of the Year. That's impressive, right? He goes to Atlanta, and he was the quarterback's coach, passing game coordinator, if I remember correctly, for Matt Ryan who won an MVP, okay? He goes to L.A., and he's the offensive coordinator for Jared Goff when he had his best year and they made it to the Super Bowl, right? Then he takes the OC job in Tennessee, where let's all be all I'll be honest, that offense was hot garbage, right? That's why it was so baffling when people were like, Why did we hire him as the head coach? Well, he comes to Green Bay, all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is rekindled and he went back to back MVPs, right? Well, first of all, 2019 didn't, but 2020, 2021, you did. The problem I'm seeing, Carly Ray, and and I, as far as development, I think Michael Lombardi's spot on. Um, I don't think that Matt LaFleur is a developmental coach. I think he's a scheme coach. The problem is, like Kurt Vinkert pointed out, but same thing that applied with our, our boy Mike Wall. People just say, oh, Kurt vinkert because he's a former player, he thinks he knows everything. He's saying this this offense is a dinosaur now. Look around the league and look how it's evolved. People will, will try to convince you that Matt LaFleur's offense is the same offense as Kyle Shanahan, and it is not. They'll try to convince you it's the same offense as Coach McDaniel down in Miami. It ain't nowhere near it, right? But I will say this, both of those quarterbacks that those teams have are accurate. So that's why it always comes back to the quarterback for me. Um, I don't know if that answers your question or not, Carly Ray, but – I think that the reason Jordan Love hasn't developed into an accurate passer is because he just doesn't have it. You know, you can, mm-hmm. you can, you can try to develop all you want. And uh, if someone can't d- accurately deliver the football, then that's why some people are calling for Sean Clifford, right? They're like, they feel like he's going to be a more accurate quarterback. I can't disagree with that, but I still, I, I don't, I don't want to be half sure on Love, half sure on Clifford. I want to be completely sure on Love he isn't the guy or he is the guy, right? Because I think that's where you get yourself in trouble. But did that answer your question?
4: Yeah, yeah, as good as it could have. As good as it could have. And I really think, I think as far as accuracy goes, that is the one thing I think that Love could have or should have if he can, if he could have actually improved without playing games. Like you can you can put the ball where you want to put it and you can get better at that consistently over years or you should if he still can't do that. I feel like that's the biggest red flag for me.
3: Yeah, Now it's... Very well said. Tim, what do you think about all that, man?
0: I think that's a great point. Um, I think if you look at what Jordan has had to go through since he was drafted, kind of losing that preseason his first year, you know, and um, most of the development he's had to do is throwing into nets and running through cones and working out with guys in the offseason, things like that. So when you're talking about it translating to actual reps, And you've got defenders running at you and an offensive line blocking ghosts and you know timing affects accuracy too and it's one thing to do it out in in the yard and get your feet set and hit the top of the drop and let her rip it's another thing to do that when you're off platform all the time or you know you're not trusting your reads or you're making the wrong reads you set yourself up for disaster with a bad check or a bad uh, can can at the line before the play, Um, (laughs) you know, those are the things that I think this is what I talked about last week when I said we got to give Jordan the ability and the chance and opportunity to play himself through this crap. And that hopefully, Mm, you know, the next smattering of games as we go through the second half of the season, we will see things like that improve. Um, And I think I wouldn't be lying if I said we've all seen Jordan play better football than he has in the last four weeks. So mm-hmm. we certainly know he's capable of playing better than this. I don't know, to, you know, to Clayton's point, I don't know how much better, you know, I don't know where the ceiling is uh, for Jordan Love. Um, but I think with accuracy, there's only so much you can really do when it comes to drills. And uh, when you get out there on the field, if if it's not clicking, it's not clicking. Yeah, definitely. Carly, you got
3: anything else for us?
4: I just want to say I I think I know how we can fix the receiver catches. How's that? I say the Packers just start chucking balls at the receivers in the cafeteria, in the hallways, (laughs) uh, in the weight room. Wait, no, not in the weight room, anywhere but the weight room. The showers, I mean, they just have to be on the lookout for balls to hit them anywhere, and they just have to become one with the ball. They have to take the ball to bed. They have to take the ball in the shower. The ball goes everywhere with them, and they just know how it feels to get their hands on the ball and catch it no matter what direction it's coming from.
3: It's funny because you know that was like the big thing. Anyone who played football at any level, Amelia, you know this. Somebody yeah, had a some problem. Sit. What did they do, Amelia? I
5: was just gonna say you fumble that ball next Monday morning, you are carrying that thing through school. The entire everybody on the team <laughs> trying to punch it out, trying to rip it out. Yep. Don't fumble it again, though, that's for sure. Absolutely I, I
0: remember in high school the the coach fighting with one of the history teachers about that because <laughs> One of the rules with our what our high school team was you had to strip, try and strip the ball when you saw him in the hallway, too. Yep. And some of those guys took it a little too far and it made it to the classroom. And we had all out (laughs) scramble drill in the uh, in the classroom. But, yeah, I totally I I agree, Carly. That would be funny
3: if you've ever (laughs) seen the movie, the program, Carly, that actually happens in that movie, too. Um, Yeah. And listen, I'm not saying it would be your cup of tea. It's a pretty brash movie. Um, at the time people said that's not what college football is and like I pointed out to Tony Mandarich when we interviewed him on here I'm like we now know that's what it was right and he went yep it was a whole bunch of us using steroids in college <laughs> so but there's a scene in there where they're in class and uh they smack the ball out and it turns into a yeah giddy ball giddy tackle so anyway we appreciate you calling in Carly thank you so much
4: yeah sounds good thanks guys
3: all right have Bye. a good night and that was Carly Ray. Love it when she calls in, dude. It's so cool hearing her kind of. I don't want to be melodramatic here, but her journey into learning more about football, like we all are. But it's just like every week she comes with a better question, a better. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just cool. Carly's going to gonna
0: show up at Lambeau Field with a bag of footballs tomorrow. Watch. <laughs> yes, just I think it was tucking them. <laughs>
3: Carly's going to stop calling into the show. We'll be like, what happened to Carly? And all of a sudden, we'll see her on Sunday. One day, she'll be on the sidelines at Lambo as an assistant.
5: (laughs) Motorized jugs machine, just absolutely rifling them at people. (laughs) They get out of their cars and just in the parking lot. She's still launching them.
3: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Joe RX, sorry for the delay, buddy. Thank you for the super chat. He said, this year and next, we will really see uh, what our coaches are made of. They have clay to shape in almost every position. Yeah, that, that's kind of the analogy, the comparison everybody always uses, the line they use, that this is this guy has a ton of upside and it's just just this big ball of clay to mold. Uh, it, nothing against you, Joe, but I'm so tired of hearing that, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I want a Sam Laporta. I want to, you know, all these these players that these coaches draft that you can just tell they they know football, they understand football, and it's not just, but, man, the upside. Look at the athletic ability and this and that. Um I just want football players that play good, smart football. Um, give me a team full of good players, as opposed to a team that's got half above-average players and a couple of elite players. Right? Just give me good, solid football players all the way across the can, board. Can
0: we create a an RES score, hmm. Rel- relative execution score? I'm I'm right. There we go. I love. I was it.
5: Well, we don't have a kiln in Lambo. so I don't know if we're ready to shape all these balls of clay that we're getting.
3: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, we talked about Mike Wall. Preston Smith had a funny little comment earlier, and I think, again, <laughs> what did David Bakhtiari tweet out yesterday, guys? He tweeted out that video of the player that got traded to the Seahawks and how their his, his GM reached out to him and said, hey – we're getting, we're fielding calls on you, right? Immediately, people say it's different. It's different. They, you know, they, they had time to no, Goody already spilled the beans. He was getting calls all week from Buffalo and he didn't like the initial offer. What the Giants GM did was went to that player and said, Hey, we're fielding calls. People are interested in you. What, what do you want to do? What, what would be in your best interest? And he just basically said how much he appreciated that. Well, David Bakhtiari tweeted that and put, You know, something along the lines of, that's really cool. You know, very sarcastic, taking a shot at Goody. Well, today, um, Rob Demosky tweeted out, Packers outside linebacker Preston Smith wasn't worried he'd get traded before Tuesday's deadline, but if he had, quote, of course, if that time comes, you hope that you get some good value for your trade. Hopefully, they don't trade me for a Happy Meal. I'm sorry. Some people just take that tongue-in-cheek, but to me, that's saying, woo, we took a Happy Meal for – arguably the best player on defense so
0: hey um man love love to work for the packers pr team right about now
1: yeah
5: well at least we had jordan's birthday yesterday matt's birthday today happy birthday matt you know um got that taken care of
0: (laughs) man i'm telling you dude i love preston smith and you know what you know what you're seeing with these comments guys Look at think about this. That's Bakhtiari and Preston Smith, right? You're right. seeing two veteran dogs that just do not give a rip right now. They're gonna just say it. If it right, like you say, Clayton, you see it, you gotta say it. Mm-hmm. That's that's what these guys are doing, uh pulling no punches. Um, I certainly don't think they're gonna trade uh Preston Smith for a happy meal. Hopefully no. not.
3: Now, again, it was just a, a little back ended comment, you know, saying, hey. I don't agree with what you did. Mm-hmm. And Jake Shavink in the chat said, PFF grade is probably the closest to relative e- execution score that we've got. And, and almost to a fault, Jake. And that's a good thing. Like mm-hmm. I was talking about with Will Levis, you look and he has a low PFF grade. If you remove at the end of the game where he's thrown into, you know, seven and eight man coverage, as well as the interception at the end. But I love the fact that they don't remove that too, because you get kind of almost a worst case scenario. Right. So, to me, what you're getting with the PFF grade is the most the the most accurate grade to the consistency in which a player plays, right? And really, that's what we're talking about with execution. So, yeah, I, I agree with everybody else in the chat, man. You're brilliant for, for saying that. That's really what we use it for. And, again, it's not the tell-all, end-all. I know some people don't like it, and that's okay. I just think it's an awesome tool that we can use to get a little more information. Now, back what Preston Smith said, this and that. I had an audio I wanted to play for you guys from Wilde and Tausch, It's about five minutes long, so I'm not going to do that. It'll take up too much time. And Tim, I know you got to go here in a minute. Whenever you got to go, buddy, you just hop off. It's totally cool. I appreciate you carving out time. But on Wilde and Tausch, essentially what happened was Wilde was talking about how he spoke to several players in the locker room off the record and how they did not like Goody's comment of, We've got real, quote, we got real good value for Rasul Douglas. And Wilde went on to point out, you know, just like he called Goody out in the press conference, he said, You didn't get a third round pick for him. He said, You know, anytime you get a top 100 pick, he said, You didn't get a third round pick for him. You gave up a fifth to get a, a fifth and the player to get a third, which is right around the fourth round, uh, fourth round, you know, as far as the chart goes, right? The value chart of the draft pick. Um, so he, he, he led you to believe on his podcast, and I believe him. When Mike Wall tells me Wilde's the real deal then I'm going to trust what he says, that he's not just blatantly lying. Now, do I agree with all of his opinions? Absolutely not. But when he says that someone said something in the locker room, I'm no longer just going to go, well, we don't know if that's true. I trust him because the players, the former players trust him. So with what he said there, right, um, he's saying that several players in the locker room did not like Goody's comment of we got really good value for him. So, just another thing to, to kind of monitor there. And you know, of course, he's got Mark Towser on his show, Tim. Um, and Mark Towser, obviously former player, he didn't like it. And and he was he, he was like, Really? That's good value. Back to what Mike Wall said. Okay, you, you know, nine million off the cap. He said, We well, got a third-round pick. Mike went, Okay. Like, have we done good with third-round picks or something? No. Well, you got nine million. Okay, $9 million is, and this is exactly why I didn't like the trade, $9 million is chump change for a starting caliber corner, even more so a corner that's borderline top 10 in the league. Like it makes no sense other than, I know people don't like this word, other than you want to tank and get ready for 2025. That's what it feels like to me. There's no other, I've tried to make sense of it from all these different angles of how would this play into them, trying to be ready to field the best team in 2024, Tim, and I just can't come up with it. To me, it screams 2025, because if you keep Rasul Douglas, you're not going to find a Rasul Douglas in the third round, right? Right. What's crazy is he was drafted in the third round, and, and everybody forgets that, right? They forget that. They just make it sound like Goody found this off the scrap, heap and this and that, because other teams gave up on him. You got the value out of in which he was actually drafted. To the best of my knowledge, the Philadelphia Eagles drafted him in the third round. So you're talking about a player, when I say you can't get that kind of value out of a third-round pick, look how long it took for them to get that out of him, right? It took several years, and it's exactly what you were talking about, draft and develop. Tim, you got players that you brung in that nobody wanted, and you developed them, and now you flip them for a fourth-round pick essentially is what the value was. So um, what do you think about the idea of players in the locker room telling Wildy off the record? they didn't appreciate Goody's comment that that was good value for Rasul.
0: I think it just speaks to the level of frustration that is just kind of hovering around this team right now. And it's not not just personnel. I mean, you know, we got injuries. We've got, you know, guys having issues with play calling and scheme adjustments and communication. We're making, you know, stupid penalties in these games. There's a lot of things that are just – Not going right. So I think um, if a player is going to have an opportunity to maybe vent and trust in somebody, you know, like Wildy to just kind of, you know, keep them anonymous and not really uh, spill the beans on who's saying what in, in any specifics. But giving us a view into the general vibe in that locker room, it doesn't doesn't make me feel any better. I don't I don't think as we sit right now that we're in a better, better place right now. I do think when it comes to your point, Clayton, about, you know, this move does not look like it's going to mean anything for 24. We're clearly looking at 25. However, unless we look at it, like I had mentioned the other day, did he want to, is he stacking picks to package them? And then his quote unquote value is another quarterback. We're going to take a first round quarterback in 24 and uh, be ready to go again. If in fact, Jordan Love is not the guy. That could be the only thing that I would think in his mind would make sense that we're, you know, going forward with uh, some momentum in 2024. But the saddest thing out of all of this is, is we can all pretty much surmise that it's a wrap for this year already. And it's reflected in the attitude of our own organization right now. And, you know, like I'm, I'm with you, Clayton. I hope these players just say, well, you know, F that and F this. Let's just go win.
1: You know, what are they going
0: to say? What are they going to say? We start winning. What are they going to say if guys do step up? Because, you know, I'll tell you, nobody likes to lose. If you like to lose, you, you got no business in the NFL. So and believe me, there's guys who like it a lot less than other guys do. And I, I believe we have those, those gentlemen on this team that, that are just tired of it. And yeah. uh, the only way to to shut up the, the doubters and the haters is to go out and produce and get it done. And, mm-hmm. Whether or not you're being coached properly, whether or not there's issues with front office or management or communication or vibe or attitude, you can take it upon yourself as a player any given Sunday and go out there and win your matchup. And if you can do that across the board, 10 or 11 at a time, each side of the ball, you can find a way to get some wins. And if this team can win a handful of games before this season's over, I think a lot of us will feel a little bit better about this year as we've said, hopefully see some trending in the right direction, some improvement. Um, But yeah, I think the guys kind of saying things in confidence in that locker room is just a way to vent because maybe they don't feel like they are heard or they don't have a way to, to get that uh, point across to their superiors or to anyone at the organization. And, but at the end of the day, as a player, it's your job to play. So Right. Maybe a lot of us could take a big, big piece of advice and just shut the hell up and play football. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That would be a start because we're doing everything but playing football right now. So.
3: (laughs) (laughs) There's no truer comment on this show so far. Um, Vince Cable in the chat said, I'm telling you, Goody lost the respect of the team. So he's purging anyone that he feels like doesn't like him. He's, he's doing his best. AJ Smith, Lord of no rings from the chargers, man. That was a, such a missed opportunity for sure, man, with A.J. Smith out there in uh, in the, uh, at the time, San Diego Chargers, Chargers organization. But I, I don't think he's trying to self-sabotage himself, but it does kind of feel like someone disagrees with him. There's definitely not a, hey, let's step into my office. That's the thing Donald Driver said, too, and they took it as a, a knock against Rodgers when he said it, but I didn't take it that way at all. He said that when he wanted his contract, he said he walked right up to Ted Thompson's G uh GM office, you know, and sat down and said, Hey, let's get this done. Forget the agents, let's get this done. He said Ted Thompson's door was always open, right? And when you find out that players in this organization obviously don't feel like that towards uh Goody, at least at the moment, especially after Wildy's comments. It's just a it's a tough look, man. But uh yeah, so Carly said something here, and I'm gonna get back to the chat again, guys. That, I apologize.
5: While you're looking for that, Clayton, to add to that, um the if Goody's you know, if Goody's got a plan set up for this and to add to what Tim was saying, if he's got a plan for this, the only way that the team or that the players can, if they want to get back at him, if that's, you know, their theory or whatever, is they start playing well, they start winning games and we end up with like a 15, 16, 17 pick. That blows up the whole plan of
3: it really does. Trying, to,
5: trying to get a, you know, a first, for you know, like a early first rounder. Um, So yeah. then he probably would flip and start selling to get a, First, first rounder of 2025 so that, you know, we walk out, we, you know, whoever's going to be the worst team 2025, let's go trade for their first. Let's fall back a little bit more. We probably won't end up picking until the late twenties. I could see something like that, you know, but, um, but I mean, for the team, honestly, it's, they got to, they have to play. It's right at this moment. It's, it's easy. It's easy to quit, you know, but it's harder for them to try. They need to keep trying or else this team's going nowhere. Um, so it's
3: like Ryan pointed out on his podcast. If anything, play for the contract, play to right. play to get paid, play to advance your career, yeah. all those things. But your
0: family, friends, and, yeah, all the everything. Nobody, start, nobody's saying these guys aren't making the effort. Right. Nobody's saying that these guys aren't going out there and, and playing on Sunday. We're just saying we need yeah. higher levels of effort. We need more effort. We need more execution. We need you to play like you care.
3: What you're saying too is like the movie Major League, you know, where the Mm -hmm. where the owner was trying to get the team moved to Miami, right? And if they lose a certain amount of games, and oh, Jake Taylor had the line of the he said, "There's only one last thing, one thing to do, win the whole effing thing."
0: That's right. (laughs) Talk about rallying a team, right? You don't you don't like what's going on in the office? Hey, go go mess up their plans. That's a great point, Emilio. Hey, that that'll kind of screw with things if we, you know, we win nine out of the next (laughs) ten.
3: uh-oh nick, uh, nick McSway, <laughs> yeah nick mcswain uh gifted five packers total access memberships of the pta you appreciate you nick he's going go back go man you're awesome dude. Definitely, man. Um let's get back to carly ray's uh chat here real quick uh she said has aaron Rodgers spoke out at all since the lions game about loves playing or anything about what's going on in green bay the stuff he said before makes more sense now yeah rogers has definitely been vindicated on his comments. Now there's the people that hate him just like before. They're not going to acknowledge the fact he's got a broken thumb. They're they're, they're definitely not going to acknowledge the fact that he absolutely 100% nailed this, right? But as far as you asking, has he spoke out? He has. And all he has said is Jordan Love is going to be a good quarterback. Be patient. It's going to take some time. You know, he's been there. You've seen it when he came in, they went six and 10. Just absolutely took the high road, been class act the whole time. Um, I know people don't want to hear that because there's a narrative already drawn around him, but yeah, he's uh I want I want the hard, the I want the the highest draft pick possible from the Jets, but I'm not gonna BS anybody. If he comes back from that torn Achilles and he comes back and has a chance to go win a Super Bowl, and if anything it, it proves to, for his old teammates, that hey, this is not how you should do business, right? And I know there's people that disagree with that, and that's okay. We can respectfully disagree. But I, I own and operate several businesses. That's not how you treat your employees. It's not, you know. And and, and again, like I said, all these tough guys, go it's a business. Grow up, oh, cry me a river. I would love to see a camera on them when they lose their job and wonder how, you know, when well, now I got to go home and tell my family that we got to pack up and go to another city or whatever, right? I just love the tough guys on the internet cracks me up as, as if these aren't human beings. Yes. They're overpaid. We all agree with that. Right. Like they, they get paid a ton of money to play a kid's game. I got you all the cliches, yeah. but come on, stop, stop trying to be a tough guy. Cause you sound like a freaking moron. What's,
0: what's that old uh, business quote? Uh, it's, it's business. It's not personal, but then it's dot, dot, dot. It's always personal. <laughs> you, know, well, you know, that's, it's the, the, that's the unwritten truth, man. It's always personal. The the other
3: thing too that that gets me is like the peop- the same people the same exact people that say it's a business it's a cold business get over it stop being a crybaby are the same exact ones that get mad when players don't show up to voluntary workouts. <laughs> That's sure. what cracks me up. You, you need to be in there with your teammates. You're supposed hey, to give a crap about it. Hey, your- hey, Emilio, <laughs> we need you to
0: come in on Saturday morning, yeah. and uh, we're we're not going to pay you. It's optional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you don't show up, we're going to really make you feel terrible. Right.
1: Uh, like it's what?
3: <laughs> it's so chicken. God, I want to cuss so bad. Yeah. Um, Paul Robertson said, "Uh, yeah, Carly Rogers basically said, uh, Rodgers said, be patient, is basically yeah. what he said. Yeah. I like this right here. Look at, look at our boy Jake Shavink. Rodgers versus Rasul in the AFC title game would be pretty sick. Think about that, man. The Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets in the AFC title game. Aaron Rodgers against Rasul Douglas. Two players that Goody just kind of threw to the side and they go on to play for an AFC title. That'd be kind of cool. Kind of cool. And again, guys, I may, I may be looking up in three months and going, Well, I was wrong. Goody knew what he was doing. Look at this. Valentine's a stud. You know what I mean? Stokes is healthy, and he's better than we thought he would be. I hope that's the case. I really do. Um, I just don't. It's hard. I have a hard time seeing it right now. I really do. So um, let's see here. Vince says uh, they're not overpaid. They should get more. Most of them have bodies that are shot by 40. That's a very good point. It's not as if they can work till they're 50 or 60 with what, you know, the beating they take. And Mm -hmm. I'm – I appreciate you saying that, Vince, because that is wrong. They're not overpaid because anyone, any business that generates the type of revenue that the NFL does, any employees, any owners, any of those people, they deserve every penny because it just shows you it's a successful business. Right. Now, I'm one of those bloodthirsty capitalists. That's me. OK, um, I am one of those guys. I believe in, yes, you can come from a crappy family and a crappy situation and you're you're allowed to outwork the problem. And you're darn sure allowed to outwork the mistakes that our government makes and making the cost of living even higher than it needs to be on both sides. That's not a shot at one party. So get your panties out of a bunch of people. Um,
0: Say, hey, here's a bunch of a bunch of money, but you you won't be able to get out of bed when you're 40 years old. Yeah, exactly. What's the trade off? So, you know, think about what these guys put themselves through. Yeah,
3: definitely. 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 Um, Let's see here. I want to hit on a couple more things. We're at the hour mark. Um, I put in the title, we've got to hit this, because I don't want to be that podcaster that has a misleading title.
5: Um, they, they
3: 10- <laughs> What's that?
5: Just all the way off track. I mean, yeah. we just started – we took the exit. Now we're trying to do a U-turn, swing it back around.
3: And that's why most of the time I just want to put the title, Packers Total Access, Green Bay, Packers News and Updates, because we can go anywhere with it. But, um, again, I wanted to hit on this, so let's hit it real quick. Rashawn Gary's contract. Structure is now released. I'm going to read it off to you guys real quick. We're going to focus on the cap hits. And, again, Tim, when you got to go, buddy, please don't feel obligated. You just go ahead and hop off here, man. So, in 2023, his cap hit is going to be 11.8. You guys are going. But he had a fifth-year option. It was $10 million. They were able to push a little bit more money up so you can absorb a little bit more of that cap this year, okay? I know we're in cap hell, and there's nothing we can do about it. And the doom and gloomers have been screaming, this is going to ruin the franchise and this and that. Somehow or another they were able to push 1.8 million up this year and absorb that. In 2024, his cap hit is 15.9 million. In 2025, his cap hit is 23.9. In 2026, it's 26.4. And in 2027, it is 29.4. The thing I want you guys to key in on is look at the salary in 2027. Okay. When you look at the salary there, you've got uh the cap hit of 29.4, but 21 million of it is salary. OK, and what does that mean? You could basically get out of that contract if you needed to with only six point nine million dollars in dead cap, meaning you would free up twenty three million dollars roughly. Let's just call it twenty two million if you had to cut bait with them the last year of the contract. Not that we would. I'm just simply pointing this out. Go back one more year to twenty twenty six. You could free up roughly thirteen million if you cut bait with them. So essentially, just like we always say, if it's a four year deal, it's really a two year deal. Right. Right as far as the guarantees go, and you can get out of it pretty easy. Now, if he's still playing lots out, the other thing you can do, and the reason I wanted to point these numbers out to you guys, is because starting in 2026 with an $18 million salary, right, you could take that and convert a good portion of that to signing bonus and be able to tack on voidable years, which is what we're referring to with cash over cap and being able to free up cap space moving forward. So in 2027, that's magnified even more because you've got $21 million in salary that you could uh, convert a good portion of that to signing bonus and free up even more cap room there. So I love the contract. I like that they absorbed a little bit this year. Right. And then next year, it doesn't take a huge jump. It only jumps $4 million next year. Then it jumps, what, roughly $8 million, a little less. Then it jumps only $3 million and then it jumps 3 million more. This is how you see most of the contracts structured when it comes to the Green Bay Packers signing a player. But Emilio, anything stick out to you there on that, man?
5: So, we, did he get 34 million in signing or is it just the six-nine that he got like when he signed that?
3: You talking so, about all together? Yeah. Okay, so it was a uh let's see your contract terms. If you look at the contract terms, right? Uh, let's read it off here. Rashawn Gary signed a four-year $96 million contract with the Green Bay Packers, including $34.6 million in signing bonus. Okay. $34.6 million in guaranteed and an average annual salary of $24 million in 2023. Uh Gary will in 2023, Gary will earn a base salary of $4.8 million and a signing bonus of $34.6 million. So if you're asking how much cash got put in his pocket on signing, right. it's $34.6 million. Pretty good chunk of change, man. You go out and buy your new Volvo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: I mean that's two little, a new Volvo <laughs> dealership.
3: <laughs> Get you a new Stetson,
0: right? Yeah.
3: The whole nine yards. Get me some new cowboy boots.
0: Yeah, that's
5: not yeah. just one comma. That's that's two. That's that's um. It's a
0: lot of commas.
5: Hey, big going
0: to invest it all in his body. He's going to put it all <laughs> into his diet and incubator
5: eggs that he just lays in all day when he gets home, and food <laughs> comes to him and everything. Maybe exactly. the whole team needs them.
3: What do you think, Tim? Any comments on that contract? I I like it. I think it's a good deal.
0: Yeah, I I do, too, because, you know, uh, Rashawn deserves to get the bag and it allows him to put 30 plus million in his pocket right now. And it's Mm -hmm. still a team friendly deal. I don't care what anyone says. It's a team friendly deal. So um, I couldn't be happier. And, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to see the uh, performance drop off that we've seen from other players once they get their contract. Uh, players who shall remain nameless, Um, and not, and not, not just Green Bay Packer players, just players around the league. You know, I think, honestly, guys, we talked about what these guys give to the game, you know, and the way the league is set up now, it doesn't surprise me that you see guys get drafted, they play their guts out for that rookie contract, they get signed, they get an extension, they get their money, and then they go, hey, I'd like to hang around and have a career as long as I can. And I'm going to try and play this game as long as I can. And so I can understand why, you know, life is short and maybe you don't want to get killed out there and you you want to keep playing, playing and getting that salary. So um, I think this is a great opportunity for our organization and for Rashawn. And I couldn't be happier Um, if they could have gave him more. They probably would have. Um, But I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's all about money for Rashawn. I think you talk about a guy hungry for a title in a championship. Yeah, I think that's him. So uh, I'm happy, man. Team friendly deal, too. So it's a win win in my book.
5: That's it. Like Kim was saying, team friendly. If if he keeps up that pace that he's at, I I don't even I can't remember what Ryan was last one, like 30 percent. I think he's at pressure rate. He keeps that up. It's a steal. I mean, by the end of the year, it's an absolute bargain. And we're talking about how great of a deal, you know, um, you know, Ron, Ron worked with him and and. Goody must have had something to do with that. So we gotta Absolutely. give him credit for it. we gotta give him credit for it. It's not like, you know, there's a lot, there's always moving pieces. It's not just one thing. It's not just the Rasul's trade. You know, he probably got a call while he was working on Rashawn's extension about Rasul. So it's all, you know, it's it's multitasking all the time.
3: Yeah, definitely. Definitely so true. And again, I, I don't say it in a negative light of when I say, look, this is a tank year. I'm being honest. Like, to me, the only thing that makes sense is we're gearing up for a 2025 run. And, and I'll show you the team salary cap here in just a second. But Carly Ray in the chat says, Clayton, you can name, name them all Packers Total Access off the rails, not have to worry about misleading anybody. It's <laughs> a good point. I like what Jake said here. Uh, he said you could put a Taco Bell in your house for that. <laughs>
5: one. You, get, you get two of them. <laughs> Business has been good. I was dying when I saw that updated updated commercial man. Yeah.
3: So you get but the thing is you put a taco bell in your house, you better get a lifetime supply of Imodium, too. I'm just saying. And that's uh <laughs> oh, turning, turning the faucet on if you know what I'm saying. Um so here's the salary cap look real quick for the Packers um in 2024, okay. Um, we're going to talk cap hits first, and then talk about some of the options we might have. Just really quick, want to hit on it. David Bakhtiari highest cap hit of forty point four million. Okay, we know he's not going to play for that. He's got nineteen million in dead cap. Kenny Clark twenty seven point four million. He's got twenty four million of dead cap. I, I feel very comfortable saying Kenny Clark will be on the roster next year. Jair Alexander twenty four point three million. Uh, 27 million in dead cap. Obviously, he's not going anywhere. That's what we kind of discussed when we were saying he's underperforming. Should you trade him? It does not make salary cap sense to try to trade Jair at all. And let's hope he bounces back. Aaron Jones is a big name that people are mentioning. Like, there's no way they're going to have him back on the roster next year. He's 17.7 million against the cap. His cap penalty is 12.3. So if you cut him outright or trade him, you're only freeing up five million in cap. So the question's got to be: Is it worth it to keep him on the roster? if you're not going to be competing in 2024. That's what really shook me about this Rasul Douglas trade is coming to the realization that we're not looking to compete in 2024. Aaron Jones is done. This sucks, (laughs) right? Just being a a big Jonesy fan and the heart that he has for the team and all that. Preston Smith, $16.5 million cap hit 13.9 in dead cap. So you could free up, you know, roughly 5 million if you were to part part ways with him. Now, the other thing I want to point out, let's bounce back to the top. David Bakhtiari, right? Um, if you cut him out right, you could free up roughly $20 million. But you could also, like I said, restructure the contract, renegotiate the contract, say, hey, look, we still want to make you the, the highest paid tackle, which I believe would put him at $33 million as it sits right now. So if you were to renegotiate, drop his cap hit down to $33 million, give him a little bit more guaranteed money to sweeten the pot because he does have a $10.7 million base salary. Basically, essentially meaning, you know, let's cut that base salary down to 5000000 million. Let's give you an extra $5 million check right in your pocket now, and you're still the highest paid tackle in the league. If he's healthy, if you go that approach, and you could free up $7 million in cap and keep one of the best tackles in the history of the game on your roster. Now, with us not competing in 2024 – I tend to think it'll probably go in the opposite direction. Dave, if you want to play, go find a team you want to play for and we'll trade you. You get that money off your books, you get a little bit of compensation, you're not competing for 2024 anyway. You're most likely going to draft an offensive tackle if you want to leave Tom at right tackle. So if you draft an offensive tackle like Jake Shevink has mentioned so many times, then you're going to be able to just plug and play them and let them take their lumps their rookie year in 2024. As far as Kenny, again, just freeing up $3 million, I think he'll be a part of this team. He is a prime uh, a prime candidate to be able to do cash over cap and convert some of that base salary um, with, uh, you know, some of the base salary to signing bonus and free up some cap if you wanted to. But the kicker is why would you do that if you're not competing in 2024? So um, just kind of a quick glimpse there into how the salary cap looks and kind of just some of my initial thoughts on it. Again, I'm not a cap guru. I don't claim uh, claim to be one on Twitter. It's just understanding, okay, We're probably done playing cash over cap for a while, especially now that Rasul's been traded and the message has been sent that we're not even competing next year. They may compete. I just don't think it's a top priority. To me, it seems like this is a 2025 reset and it doesn't mean we can't root the team on. It doesn't mean Goody can't knock a draft class out of the freaking park if he's still got a job here. Um, And uh, you know what I mean? You could go on a run next year and then have the cap in your favor the following year. But uh Amelia, let me start with you, man. Unless you got to go, Tim. Um, Tim, you go first. What's your thoughts on all that that was just talked about with the salary cap?
0: Um,
1: just real quick before
0: I jump off. Um, my gut is telling me Bakhtiari played his his last football I agree. this year. That's just a gut feeling. Um and hopefully not too many other guys on that list. Um, I also agree with you. I think uh as far as when it when it comes to Aaron Jones, I, I do think that there's a chance that uh he he remains a Packer. Um, just because again, team friendly scenario. Um, Jonesy's a guy that probably would stick around um if we're splitting hairs with a few million few million bucks or whatever um on a contract. Um, but uh yeah, David Bakhtiari is the name on that list that stood out to me as a guy that probably won't won't be a Packer next year, but I've been wrong plenty of times. Maybe I'll be wrong again. Um, but it certainly would make sense if uh we take the route that uh, Jake Shavink mentioned, which I agree with, which is drafting offensive line. Um, you would want, uh, obviously the guy to get some reps. So Bakhtiari not being in the fold would make sense, I guess, uh, on multiple levels, just personnel wise, as well as, uh, cap and, uh, roster and stuff. So mm-hmm. basically what I'm getting, my gut's telling me we've seen, uh, the last of Bakhtiari in the green and gold, but could be wrong.
3: Yeah. It kind of feels that way. Um, and, you know, that's okay. It sucks. It sucks that it had to end that way. Who knows, though? He may he may feel good to say, I want to finish in Green Bay. I want to play one more year. I don't know why he would. That the message now is we're not competing. Um, but Drew in the chat said $24 only puts Rashawn as the number five highest paid pass rusher. We got an absolute steal. He's behind the two bosses TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. Plus, lots of pass rushers will jump him with new deals. Absolutely. The market will be reset. Amelia, what stood out to you about the salary cap there, man?
5: Um, and to add to this, Drew D there, and another comment that was above there, I don't, I don't see who it was, but in 2027, it's what's 24 million for a pass rusher? Yep, there it is. It was Drew D. Okay, yeah, what's 29 million for a pass rusher in in 2027? We have no idea what the cap's going to be. We could be pushing 300 million in the cap. You know, we have absolutely no idea what it's going to actually be at that time. So it, it, it does seem like a steal. And to Tim's point um, about Devok, yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's gone. I just uh, you know, I hope that we uh, you know, got some really good compensation for him, you know, or or something along those lines. Uh, you know, uh, just an offer we couldn't refuse, maybe, or some, you know, maybe just something like that we could get handled out with him. Um, but yeah. no, I mean, we got to get something out of him if he's if he's heading out of here.
3: Um, I agree. I want to get something out of it, but you know what popped in my mind? You guys remember Josh Sitton?
5: Yeah. And
3: Deadfish yeah. says, hopefully Bach does not end up in Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago. I remember Josh Sitton, they just they just cut Josh Sitton outright, right? And then he ended up signing with Chicago. Now he wasn't the same player, but I I'll never forget that. Like you couldn't get anything out of him. Yeah. I honestly feel like that was Ted Thompson paying his respect to Josh Sitton and going, Hey, you go where you want to go.
0: Yeah, wherever you want to play. Exactly.
3: Ted, you know that's the thing too. Like, and that's exactly what Mark Towser was talking about, with the times have changed, right? And and you kind of seen that shift with Ted Thompson, again when Brett Favre flipped his world upside down with his whole wanting to play for Minnesota thing, and then he comes into Lambeau and beats him. And Brett said, you know, the first text message I got when I got back to the locker was Ted Thompson saying, "Congratulations, Brett. Great game." That was the type of guy he was. He was a player. Back in the day too, Ted was right. That's the thing that Goody doesn't have on his resume that Ted had. Even Mark Murphy's got it and Goody doesn't have it, you know, to the best of my knowledge, Goody never played pro football. I don't know if he played any football to be honest with you, but, um, again, I don't want to pile on the guys. Just, uh, it's, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard to accept how things have kind of gone, but, uh, We'll be Packer fans no no matter what. Um, injury report real quick because it's in the title too because I screwed up the title tonight. Let's hit it. Um, so the Packers injury report, Jair Alexander limited, does not have a game status yet. Rudy Ford did not participate. He hurt his calf muscle. He's questionable. I think it's safe to say he will not be playing. Um, Elton Jenkins, limited participation with the knee. Uh, Aaron Jones, limited participation with the hamstring. Luke Musgrave, limited with the ankle. Uh, Yash, limited with the foot. And then Quay Walker popped up on the injury report today with a groin injury. He is now questionable, did not participate. I don't see him playing on Sunday. Here's the thing that bothers me the most about this, guys.
0: Man.
3: Is we now know we're not competing this year. Put them on IR. Put them all on IR. If there's ever a way that you could tank and not come across like, hey, we don't care. It's Hey, guys, this ain't our year. You guys get healthy. You guys get healed up, right? That's what makes the most sense for me. Maybe that's extreme, Tim, but that's that's the first thing that popped in my mind. Is like, why are we trying to get these guys to play hurt when our when our freaking GM basically just said, "Season's mm-hmm. over, guys. Season's over."
0: Right. I agree. I think uh, the first thing I noticed when I, you know, and obviously we don't want to see um, anybody hurt. And it, it kind of stinks, especially Rudy Ford, who has really hit his stride back there uh, at safety with Savage being out. Um, my first reaction was, oh, man, so uh, if there's no Rudy Ford, it, it's going to be Owens and uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. back there Sunday. I mean, possibly who, yeah. who are starting safeties. Same thing with a guy like Quay, as you said, uh, not not really a blue chip, but a red chip type guy, a guy that is an important piece going forward when you're talking about the future of your your defense? Um, yeah, do you risk him making um, you know a, a groin injury possibly worse uh, in a season that we're not technically playing for anything you know based on our attitude right now. Uh, I would agree with that that sentiment, um, especially with these guys that are clearly important pieces going forward. Um, this is clearly the time to just trial by fire and throw guys out there and see what they can do. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing the depth of this team because we're going to have to
4: uh, yeah. go,
0: finishing out this season. Period. Point blank. Uh, th- the thing I want to see the most is winning a football game again. Let's start with <laughs> let's start with one. Can mm-hmm. we please beat a backup quarterback on Sunday at home, <laughs> please?
3: homer <laughs> in the chat said another great show it's 3 15 a.m here uh time for my pillow peace out pta crew see you all soon go pack go appreciate you Omer, hanging man. out with us Omer, always brings awesome, the but fire
5: to add, add to tim there if goody you know he was saying everybody needs experience put them on like you said put them on ir you'll get all the young kids experience hey four weeks that gives you a month of NFL gameplay. No, no. Um, we don't have any buys coming up. You're going to get four games from any person that you want if you put somebody on IR. So if that's you know, if that's enough for a seventh round pick to get an idea. Cool. Let's do that. Um, and to add to to add to his Owens thing. Hey, can we get a little bit of FaceTime for Simone Biles who brings gold medals to the to to the United States instead of, uh, you know, just some like singing
0: or, or <laughs> <laughs> hey, i've been saying ask her if she can play safety thank you
3: hey forget that i want to see if she could teach these guys how to take care of themselves and hey. condition their body where they can actually play on sunday get a little
5: balance in the o-line get a little footwork balance down that you know maybe a couple of maybe a balance beam drill or something cool i don't know but how about we get a little bit more face time for that huh
3: yeah I, man i'll tell you what it's a. Uh, I, I'm going to start a podcast called the Packers Gatekeeper Podcast.
0: <laughs> I, I Pull that heard, one up. Pull that tweet up.
3: God, Amadi, man, I'm telling you. I, I basically put that out there. It was like somebody needs to create a podcast called the Packers Gatekeeper Podcast and basically just keep a rolling, just updated you know, pile of information of all these people who think that they have the right to tell any Packer fan what they're allowed to talk about what they're allowed to feel, what they're allowed to think, what they're allowed to, you know, it's like the guys, people get mad when you break down tape. Oh, I just know the tape guy. We ain't allowed to talk about what actually happened on the field. What is this, CNN? What the hell are we doing Which
0: is (laughs) the most important part of what we're watching.
5: Yeah, the problem is tape doesn't lie, so they can't manufacture something out of... uh...
0: And most of them,
3: most of them, are too lazy to watch it themselves. So they're at a little bit of a... Eh. And,
0: and Clayton, you you absolutely showed me the way and the light, man. Like, you can watch a game live all you want, and but it's another thing to go back and watch that film. It doesn't have to be all 22. It can be television feed. And just watch it again mm-hmm. and, and, and really see... It? yeah yeah that's, Over it. Up.
5: that's it that's it so it slows down a little bit you're less emotional you're not at the edge of your chair you're not about to flip a table you know you're not about to freak out on the vikings dude right next to you and be dubs and just
0: or even going like i go to lambo and watch a game and i find myself you know we'll do post game or whatever and then it's like i can't wait to watch the tv copy yeah. right and just see what like you know sitting in the stands regardless of where your your seats are i mean The perspective being there versus watching it on film is definitely Mm -hmm. different. So, you know, you can't always believe what you see at first glance. Those drops, quotation, drops that we saw last week, you know, Chalk Talk, guys. Check out the Chalk Talk if you guys missed it Um, because, Clayton, you did a great job of breaking that down. You know, there there were some drops, sure, but there were a lot of balls that, I mean, they, they just simply shouldn't have been thrown. And, right. and they shouldn't have been thrown when they were thrown.
3: Right. Thrown late. Yeah. And Ryan so, talked about it on his pod too. He's like, if I have to hear another person talk about a drop and I turn on the tape and it's, it's two defenders draped off of them and they smack, but the, that's called a pass deflection. That's not called a drop. Right. But, United Bates uh, said in the chat, Gudikins attended the University of Wisconsin lacrosse. I knew there was something, some kind of tie with Wisconsin, but I didn't think it was Wisconsin, Uni- University of Wisconsin. So here it is. Um, during his time there, he played defensive back on the football team before suffering a career ending shoulder injury. So he played college ball. Good okay. stuff. Appreciate that, United Bates, doing the, the leg work for us there, man. Um, Jake, I agree. He says Omer's a legend for staying up oh, late. Definitely. Yep. Uh, Drew D said, we're going to win because Gary won't let us lose. He's going to wreck the Rams. And that's the thing too. I want to see uh, like, you know, Gary's going out there to play to win. Right. If there's anybody, as you guys, as both of you guys were painting that picture for me about a team that's going to rally around each other and go out there and try to try to just wreck the whole plan. I see Gary at the forefront. Like, come mm-hmm. on, guys. Let's,
5: they well, don't. Now that Rasul's gone, we need a vocal leader two if possible. And it, the two that come to mind are going to be Ja and gary and Ja loves to be center of attention so i think it'll be perfect for him he's just gonna have to talk to the media once in a while but if he actually steps up and pulls that young group around him i think that they have they have a chance Ja's an athlete he's a talented guy we just need to get back to it
0: see it's funny because you're right because i feel like rashawn can step up and be a little more vocal because he leads with his play and then it's like jair can maybe like shut the vocal even down a bit. and step up the play a little, you know. Now we're, yeah, now, now we're playing complimentary football. No. Yep. <laughs> oh, we're going to give him some.
3: <laughs> um, Doug in the chat said, but Clayton, with respect, can you still say you want guys on IR yet still want Jones to get more touches? Not now, my friend. That's what I'm saying. They got him out there in a red jersey, right? Yeah. And he can't even take hits in practice and he's sore in this and that. And then your GM basically comes out without saying it and says, all right, guys, we're done for the year. We're not interested in winning this year. Why are you putting him through it? Yep. I completely agree.
0: I I'm with understand
3: you. all the Aaron Jones comments that we made. We're talking about last week.
0: Yeah. Two weeks we were ago. assuming we were still playing for something. Yeah. Right?
5: And, that's- and I love Aaron too. I would, I would hate to see him pack it up for four weeks, but if it's in his best health interest, if we're going to keep him around next year and that's the plan. All right. Hey, you know, get Wilson some more reps. Get AJ Dillon some more reps. I, you know,
3: look at this right here, man. It, see the chat them went off the rails here. All right. So, I'm all for acrobatic offensive linemen. Well, I tell you, speaking of acrobatic, it is. there is some acrobatic what you want right, right there. there. <laughs> um, that was his yeah.
5: dismount. That was his dismount off the <laughs> bars, and he just <laughs>
3: he, he stuck it too. Yeah. Stuck it. <laughs> Let's see your. uh Robert Allen says, I want to see Gilbert Brown
0: on a balance beam. Oh, get Justin on it. it. We need a we need a Photoshop right now.
3: Yeah, we Go got Gilbert on a balance have.
0: beam. Yeah, Text right in the out. middle of a
5: grave digger.
3: <laughs> Don't let me forget that, guys. What I'm going to do is put put Gilbert Brown's big defensive lineman head on Simone Bowles' little body. That's <laughs> what I'm going to do. Um, Robert Allen in the chat said, I want to see Gilbert Brown on a balance beam, obviously. Uh, Carly Ray said this podcast, that podcast sounds like it's right up Ryan's alley um robert allen or paul robertson said robert allen i've seen gilbert brown dunk a basketball could you imagine that that's crazy and then carly ray says i want to see musgrave on a balance beam maybe he won't look like a baby giraffe anymore (laughs) he's got to catch those balls from the beam carly's going
5: back to our wide receiver coach time and she goes all right everybody if we're gonna start rifling at you now you're gonna be standing on a balance beam while we do it good (laughs) luck
3: what was the movie was it dodgeball i said you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball yeah you gotta be those type of drills out there doug says i want to know how simone came back from her mental issues at the olympics to win a gold at the world championships that had to be a nightmare yeah and there was people giving her a rough time about i can't believe she dropped that shut up i think that's what i'm saying these are human beings like just cracks me up because they're a professional athlete it's like no no, they get paid a lot. They're fair game. I can say whatever I want from my couch and my whitey tidies with the mm-hmm. Cheetos stains on the hip. I'll do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Drew said Clayton made me think it was snowing out with the background lol. <laughs> yeah, man. That's just a little little uh little let's something we added into the back. I like it. Man. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I'm weird like that. You'll see Christmas decorations up soon, I promise you. Um, all right, let's see here. I think we're good. I think we're done. Hold up. Anytime Carly Ray's husband speaks, we listen. She said, My husband wants to know what I'm doing in here, cackling like a loon. Uh, that was his dismount. LOL. <laughs> we need to get your husband on here sometime, Carly I'm sure he's a Packer fan too. We need yeah. to get him on here and chat it up because I I guarantee you he's a great dude for sure. Um, all right, we're out of here. Hour and 30 minutes. Toe 10, we go an hour. I'm done trying. <laughs> Or it's it's always going to be off the rails. It's just the way it is, right? Um, But for those of you who are saying, Clayton, I would listen to the whole episode if you uh, just kept it under an hour.
1: I'm not going to, so quit asking. (laughs) There
3: you go. We're out of here, Tim. Amelia will go around the horn, but Tim's ready to pull his hair out. Having not taken this. Oh no, it's home. all
0: good, man. We're 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 here now. Let's go. I'm <laughs> yeah, No, I'm yeah. tired now. A lot, an hour and half. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Lincoln Lincoln laid down over here. Lincoln's like 102 pounds now, and he's eight eight and a half months old. He laid down just a second ago, and that's why if you guys play it back, you'll see the camera shake. <laughs> 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 Flop down on the floor. He's looking at me like, bro, can I not go playing the leaves for ten minutes? Right. I'm oh, to be stuck up here. Blame your mama. Blame your mama, cause she uh. She's with the nephew at a Vikings game. Uh-oh. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. All right. We're out. Thank you guys so much in the chat. You guys were absolutely awesome. You guys uh kept it. Guys and gals kept it entertaining for us. Want to give a special thanks to all the Super Chats, Josh Martin, Joe Rx. Appreciate y'all. Nick McSwain, thank you for gifting the uh, the memberships. I know people will appreciate that. Got a huge shipment in yesterday probably not this post game show but the next post game show we're gonna give away an autograph jersey we got some really good stuff there got another Paul horning one coming up really excited about that so um, with that being said for those of you listening on the pod thank you for making us a part of your day as always let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pack up the power sweep actually it's the
0: it's the lead play on our on our
5: offense and if he's over him, if he's not, you drive down the first man
3: who is inside. You pull back and tell him, take the first man outside got
0: him, no one shows, you go right by them and feel inside. Right. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside.
4: If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. So look at this play, where we'll we're trying to get a seal here and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley.